everybody, you're not going to want to miss this episode because I'm talking to Thomas Deneve. He is the founder and CEO of Rent Fund, and we're going to be talking all about his entrepreneurial journey thus far. And I've got a list here. We were talking earlier, Tom, and you were saying that you started as an entrepreneur at the age of 12 mm-hmm. with an illegal car wash. You managed to figure <laughs> out how to make that not so illegal though no. later on. And then you were a pro athlete, became an, an uh, inventor of multiple different products that are related to that sport. And then you also have been doing a few things, which ended up here now at Rent Fund, yes. which we will get into details on that in a few minutes as well. But just welcome to the show. This is going to be a real exciting one. I'm yeah. going to just have so much fun unpacking your history thus far. Yeah, thanks for having me, Lance. This is awesome. Uh, I really appreciate you inviting me on here. Okay, so Tom, tell me, you know, if you were to give advice to any entrepreneur, now you've been at this for a little while now with lots of different ventures and you've the scrappy upstarts and everything else, what would you say are three of the most important things that every entrepreneur needs to bring to the table? Mm. It's a really good question because I think that uh, I, I think it's uh, I think it can be different depending on your personality and kind of your upbringing and where you're from. For me personally, I would say the three things I think would be know yourself. Um, I think that the more I get to know myself, the more I understand uh, what type of business I want to be in, because I think that your business as an entrepreneur is just an extension of yourself. So I think Mm -hmm. that uh, knowing yourself and who you are, what motivates you, what uh, inspires you, what drives you, um, and then pursuing something that is in line with that. I think that that is uh, that's that's a recipe for success. Um, I yeah. think that anytime you're doing, I found that anytime you're doing stuff for money, money is great, but I, and and it's a good motivator. It's uh, the only thing is is that um, I don't think that for me personally, money is the most uh, in, the thing that drives me the most, right? So I think that you have to look within yourself and know yourself. That's the first thing I would say. Uh, the second thing I would say is knowing your customers and knowing the problem that you're solving for them. So. That would be the second thing is really having a good understanding of like, who are the people I want to serve and give my life to every single day of my, every thought that I have, every ounce of my being. Because when you start a business, you're thinking about your customers and the problem you're solving all the time, 24 seven, like it's, it never ends. Like for me, I, I think about that all the time, nonstop. And I think that it has to be, like I said, it goes back to the first one a little bit, knowing yourself, what things, what problems do you want to solve? What things inspire you and, and drive you? Um, and what gets your kind of juices flowing, you know what I mean? Um, and then the last thing is just know your strengths and know your weaknesses, because when you're going to solve these big problems or when you're doing things, you're going to need a team of people. And, um, what I find is like, what things am I really good at and what things do I suck at? What things am I not good at? And what, what things do I need someone to come in and replace that, that area of the business? Maybe I can run it to a certain point. I call it the kind of the uh, the duct tape strategy where you kind of are using duct tape to build the first iteration of your business in all the different areas like the accounting and, and uh, the, the legal side of things, the technology, all the different aspects of the business. And you're kind of using duct tape to hold those together because you're doing it all yourself at first. But then you can get an expert once your business gets to a point and you can get some experts in certain areas that can complete those things so that you don't have. And then you can focus on the thing that you're really good at if that's product development that's working yep. with customers or whatever. So yeah. those would be the three things. Know yourself, know your customers and the problem you're solving and know your strengths and know your weaknesses. Yeah. 
Yeah, totally. And those are all really good ones. And one thing that you did say as you were talking about the second one, knowing your customers and the problems that you solve, is you were talking about serving also. Mm-hmm. Like these are the people that you're serving and really understanding how to how how you do that uh, properly mm-hmm. because that's that's really where the value is going to come from, right? Mm-hmm. And so I like the fact that you approach it from that place of serving. That's a place mm-hmm. where I've always felt very comfortable at as well in the various businesses that I've been in. It's really about helping other people. And, uh, and I know as we transition now into you talk, telling us a little bit about rent fund, what you're doing there, that really is serving a group of people that before have never really thought about or had anybody serving them from a renting standpoint and really allowing them to further their lives and their financial goals. And so now rent fund, I want you to explain it in your own words, but it's basically you're taking rent payments and you're turning those into investments for these people. So tell us a little bit more about that and why you started this business. Yeah. So um, essentially rent fund turns rent payments into an investment and uh, it incentivizes people to take better care of the places that they live. Our mission at rent fund is pretty simple. Uh, We believe that everyone should benefit financially from the place they live because oftentimes that's your biggest monthly expense. The place that you're living is often the biggest monthly expense that you're going to spend money on, whether you're renting or whether you own. And we believe that whether you're an owner or a renter, you should be able to benefit from that bit, the, your biggest payment of the month, right? Um, so that's kind of the mission statement behind what we're doing. Um, how the idea sprung up was um, I've been renting for a long time. I have a lot of friends who are renting, and I know a lot of people that rent. And a lot of times people say um, when they're renting is, I don't, uh, I don't like renting because I don't like throwing my money away every month, right? I'm, I feel like I'm spending yeah. a large amount of money. And I feel like I'm throwing it all away and I'm not getting anything back for it. It's a very common thing. So what, what I did was I decided to go out and do some market research on this and figure out, um, like, is there, is there a market for something? Like, is, is there really a problem here? And not only on the side of things, because with, within, um, within renting or within the rental market, there's two sides of it. There's the tenant and the landlord or the property manager, right? So there's two sides. So I I went and looked at the problems, not only on the tenant side, but also on the landlord side of things or the property management side of things and looked at like, what problems are they facing? And I looked at how can we solve these problems? Because I've also dabbled in real estate a bit myself. And um, I understand that I understood that there's some problems in, in the real estate field. And I also had a marketing company um, and I worked with a lot of, uh, and I worked with a lot of real estate agents, real estate brokerages, property management companies. So I got to learn a lot about this industry and figure out a lot about it. And, yep. um, there's, there's a lot of problems in this industry. So to give you an idea, property, uh, or sorry, property damage typically accounts for five to 10% of the amount of income that you're bringing into, to your property every single year. So you're having, you're having to spend about five to 10% of your income every year on property damage, right? And then, then you're taking, you have to take into account vacancies as well. So vacancies typically around five to 10%, depending on where you live, right? Per year, based on the income that you're generating. And then turnover is also another really big expense. So when someone moves out of your property, the turnover and the the amount of time it takes for you to actually get that property fixed up, maintained, and then actually get it rented again with marketing costs and all the other stuff, the screening of the tenant, all that stuff. That's another big cost to landlords as well. So those are three big costs that are bottlenecks for landlords. And I was like, there's got to be a solution to this. And the more I looked into it, the more I figured out there wasn't really a good solution to this problem. And then for the tenant, on the tenant side of things, um, damage deposits are supposed to be put into a trust account and high interest, uh, it's called the interest bearing trust account. 
And um, legally, that's what landlords are supposed to do. But when I when I met with landlords, what I came to figure out is that landlords don't a lot of times put the damage deposit in a trust account. They just throw it in their savings account or they put yeah. it in their bank account a lot of times. And it's not because they are not good people. It's just because they have busy lives. They have families. They got work or they're doing other things and they just don't have the time to set that up. Property management companies, on the other hand, they do put that into a trust account because they are a business. That's what they, they have to do that, right? Um, but for the individual landlords who are the people I first initially was building this product for, the, the mom and pops that have three to five properties that they self-manage themselves, um, there's no real solution for them to help them in that area. The second thing is um, tenants also are, like I said, a lot of times when you talk to tenants, they're just spending money every month and not getting anything back. So a problem that, that that's a big problem that we, we saw and about the, the statistics behind is about 30% of people's total income goes towards their rent every single month. So, and depending on where you live, that's on the low end. On the high end, it's closer to like 40, 50. So yep. that's crazy. And they don't get anything back. So when I started doing my market research, talking to tenants and asking them like, hey, would you use this product if you could actually make money renting? Would this be something that, that you'd be interested in? And obviously everyone was like, well, absolutely. That, obviously that sounds amazing, right? If you could do it, that sounds great. So once I figured that out, that there was a market to solve both of these problems, um, and then the the the, the only the the solution to 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 kind of put in between that to solve that problem is uh, rent fund. That's what we're currently doing. But those two problems are kind of the main things that we're that we're solving is the property damage and vacancies for landlords, and then and then tenants spending thirty percent and not getting anything back. So basically, if I'm a tenant. Um, I'm paying you the rental cost of this this property, and then I get rebated at the end of my tenancy. Um, it's five percent, I think you said, right? So five percent yeah. of what I have paid in rent uh, funds, they come back to me as long as I'm returning that house in an undamaged, properly maintained manner. Then is that exactly. right? Yeah. yeah. If you're maintaining the property correctly, then you get that five percent plus interest. So it goes in. That money goes into an investment for the period of your lease agreement with the landlord. And yeah. if you take care of the property as if it was your own, then you'll get that money. You'll get that money back. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, that's really cool. Now, the one thing that that I think a lot of people will say is, well, isn't that what the damage deposits for? Mm. Yeah. So um, another thing that we discovered with damage deposits after talking to a bunch of landlords and, and doing our market research is a lot of times damage deposits don't actually work okay so um there's there's a lot of problems out there where landlords request a damage deposit and then the tenant oftentimes if they sign a 12-month lease they just won't pay the, the last month and they'll say you can use the damage deposit for the last month's rent happens a lot it's very common and another thing that happens is well even if the property does get damaged a lot of times landlords the damage deposit doesn't actually cover the damages that have occurred to the property they end up yeah. having to pay the vacancy cost plus the damages and then plus the time that they have to get do the turnover, find a new tenant, all that stuff, it ends up costing them a lot of money out of pocket. Whereas if we can just incentivize the tenants with an investment to take care of the property and avoid those problems altogether, which is what our goal is to do with RentFund, then that's going to be a way more profitable way for landlords to actually cash in on this investment. Because buying real estate is is a, it's risky. It's it's uh, it, it can keep you up for a lot of sleepless nights. I know a lot of people who own a lot of real estate and. Uh, yeah. It can be very stressful. So our goal for landlords is to take away as much risk as possible and put as much money in their pockets as possible as 
and incentivize the tenants as much as possible to take good care of the property. That's kind of where yeah. we're at. So we're, we're in the middle there. Does that make sense? Yeah. And the thing that I really like about your model too, is that it's not actually costing them any more than what it would cost in all the repairs and everything else that they're going to have to do to the properties when they're not maintained properly. And I know, you know, through exactly. experience that that is a really big pain in the butt and also a massive yeah. risk that a lot of people don't want to get into the rental game because they've either experienced that themselves or they've heard the horror stories about the tenant that walks out the door and, and uses a hammer against every, <laughs> every wall, which, which I've been in a place like that. So um, it's, it's one of those things that I think you're, you're onto something here. I think this is a really great idea that it doesn't really cost the system or the investor uh, who has that property anymore. Uh, if anything, it's going to save them. And on top of it, it sounds like you're also saving them some time because you'll actually market their property for them as well. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, exactly. So rent fund is basically, we call it the all in one platform for long-term rentals. So for, for landlords, they're able to just post their property on RentFund, and that's basically all they have to do. Um, once they post their property on RentFund, RentFund markets their property. We, we get their property advertised all across multiple different platforms for them. We get the tenants in. We verify the tenants before the landlord even talks to the tenant. And then by the time the tenant applies their property, the tenant has already been verified on RentFund. So now the landlord knows they're not wasting their time. And the landlord literally can just, they can see the tenant's profile so they can see where their work history, they can see their rental score. They can also see their uh, rental history all within with the click of a button looking at their profile. And they can make a decision if they want to rent to that person within a few seconds. Once they click a button that says accept the, the tenant, the tenant can make their payment. And then every single month, the payment is just automatically put into the landlord's bank account. So they don't even have to worry about contacting a tenant or having to do that every month saying, hey, you got to pay rent. That can be a little awkward. I've, I've also talked about landlords that say they feel a little awkward sometimes just asking tenants repetitively like hey you got to pay rent you got to pay rent because you got to think landlords are just people just like everyone else right so yeah. they understand that uh, their tenants also have issues and other things but the landlord also has a bill to pay every month as well their mortgage payment so um there's that side as well where, where rent fund makes it really nice for landlords where they can have a way less frictionless process to get their property rented yeah, so you guys are helping them with the marketing, but then also making it easier for people to pay too, because you also facilitate credit card uh, transactions, which I, I know there's going to be a lot of people out there renting who want to benefit from that and maybe earn some points as well. And so yes. you're you're helping them in that regard. You're helping them uh, invest and, and save some money. You're helping them uh, get vetted through the process and making the whole application process a lot easier for them. And then yes. what we just talked about on the renter side, uh, so the, the, the property owner side, all of the benefits that are there. So it definitely does seem like a win-win, which mm -hmm. leads me to the first story that you were telling me about in terms of your history a little bit. And I was like, okay, so mm -hmm. how, how did you start this business? And and tell me the history of it. And you were telling me that you didn't even, you weren't, didn't know you were talking to an investor. You were uh, at some gathering, having a conversation with somebody and just telling them about this latest venture that you're, you're thinking about starting or that you were developing. Yeah. yeah. And the guy calls you up the next day and says, Hey, I've got some money for you. Why don't you do this full time? That's, yeah. uh, and, and for obvious reason, because I mean, it just seems like it really makes sense. Yeah. And you know what the funny thing is about that guy, Lance is he was, uh, he's actually a real estate investor that had a lot of bad experiences with tenants. So he understood uh, yeah. the problem. Totally. So, 
I think that that's really the big reason why is like when I told him it, his eyes lit up and he's like, I understand this problem. He's like, this yeah. is a problem. And yeah. I think it's one of those problems where it's like people kind of, it's, it's, be, it's such a, uh, it's such a big problem. Like the income gap, I, I talk about the income gap between tenants and landlords, like landlords just keep getting richer and tenants just keep getting poorer. And the statistics behind it is like 50, 56% of uh, people in Canada when they retire, uh, they have no money saved. It's crazy. Yeah. So you think about that. So um, what I'm trying to do is help close that gap as much as I possibly can. I don't think RenFund will be the solution to close that gap completely, but I think it will, it'll be one of those tools in the toolbox that will help people, right? Yeah. Um, to help them have something to look forward to in their future so they won't have to work for the rest of their lives and they'll actually be able to retire and have the freedom they want for themselves and their families. Um, yeah. So I think that that's something I think about a lot too is like um, how can we help a lot of people accomplish the freedom that they desire in their lives? Yeah. Yeah. Really cool. Okay. So you started the business then, um, I guess back in 2020, December, 2020 is when, um, you started working on it. And then in May of 2022, you launched it between that period of time. So that year and just about a half, I guess, almost 18 months. Um, tell us what were some of the challenges that you were having to overcome as you were, basically getting this business ready to launch. Hmm. So I would say some of the the challenges is, is um, I'll kind of put the first one at the forefront is, is getting a good team together. And this is something I'm still working on today is, is getting a good team of people. Cause for me, mm -hmm. I know what my weaknesses are and I know what my strengths are. Now I need to find those people that I can um, complement my, my weaknesses and, and my strengths. So um, developing a team, I think, is, is going to be a really good team that really is passionate about the idea and really understands what you're working towards. And they understand the mission and they and they want to be part of this. Um, it can be it, it's challenging and it takes a lot of patience, really, is what it is. You can't rush that process. It's like art. You can't rush art. And I think putting together a really strong team is very similar to art. It doesn't just happen by forcing it to happen. You can have a uh, lot of money. You can have a lot of money. You have these big companies that have lots of money and they can't get the right people in a room to put together. They, they can't put together any type of product that's going to be good in the world. So to find the right team and to, it's not just money. Money is an element of it, but I think it's more, it's more art and a science than it is, uh, than it is uh, a certain type of formula that makes sense. I, I love that you brought that up. And that was like the first thing that you said, because uh, so we put together a little book here from uh, all of the interviews, the first 200 interviews that we did on this podcast, actually, and we cool. called it the secret sauce of building a successful business. And the first uh, ingredient in that is actually uh, the human resources side of things. And so, yeah, completely bang on. I, yeah. uh, I think that if you get that wrong, you're just it's an uphill battle, no matter how good your product is, how good the product market fit is. It doesn't matter if you don't have the right people. And we always are told this and we, and a lot of people give it a lip service where it's, you know, the people are the business. We are in the people business. Every business is a, is a people business. The machines True. haven't quite taken over things yet. And so, so yeah, like it's a reality and that we, we do have to really work at that. So I'm glad that you got that started on the right foot. Now, yeah. in terms of the business itself, you're building both sides of the market. 
So you've got the supply side in terms of getting people who want to list properties. And then you have the demand side with all of the people who need to rent a piece of property, right? A place to live. Um, And so building both of those sides can be very challenging for businesses uh, to be doing that simultaneously. How have you tackled that? I think there's a, there's a few different things that we've done that I think are, are, uh, are really good that we've implemented into our, into our product to help with this. Um, so I think it comes down to supply side is always going to be the better side to focus on. Um, and I did a lot of research on this. I looked at a lot of successful marketplaces and I listened to a couple of different podcasts on this. And, uh, there's a, there's a podcast called, I think it's called two sided. And anyway, um, hmm. essentially a lot of the most successful marketplaces have focused on the supply side first, almost every time. So what we just, what I decided to do is focus more on the supply side, getting landlords to come and post their property and then tell tenants, um, and basically just help their tenants to apply through, to their property through rent fund or, um, to then market their property on those other platforms and then get people to come to rent fund to rent that specific. That's where we've had the most success. Um, and it's also better for our clients to do it that way too, obviously, because they want to get their properties rented. So that's what we focused a lot on is the supply side. However, the demand side for us is uh, it has a very, um, the supply side also has a viral effect. There, like a lot of our traffic actually comes from word of mouth, which is awesome. We're a technology business, but when you have the, the word of mouth piece of it, yep. it makes it, it amplifies it like significantly, right? So totally. um, I think that that's really, that's a really big deal to me because my last company was a marketing company, like I said, and I used to only think like digital advertising is the only way to run your business. And I learned mm-hmm. that that is not the truth. Word of mouth is the most powerful way, no matter what. Um, yep. Because if I'm friends with you, Lance, and I say, hey, you should go check out RenFund versus you see an advertisement on Facebook that you're just going to scroll past and ignore it's going to be way more powerful for me to, to have a relationship with someone and share something with them than to have yep. an ad that someone sees. Do ads work? Absolutely they work. But is word of mouth, should you build your product to have a word of mouth effect? I think that's way more powerful. So, yep. um, sorry, I kind of went off topic there and you, yeah, you the, question, the question that you asked there was the supply side. So or, or what side are we focusing on more? So the supply side is really the, the main side. Um, but the other side of the marketplace is also very cheap for us to acquire, like the tenants, for example, because when you tell people they can make money from paying rent, they're almost like, I'm in, like, cool, sign me up, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, why would they choose another platform uh, to do that within, right? Uh, unless, exactly. uh, I like to find that, unless you don't have the supply, right? If you can't, if you can't find the place that they're looking for, well, then that's going to be a problem. But yeah, yes. I agree. Like, I think it's kind of a, a no brainer in terms of the, 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 the acceptance rate or the adoption rate of the person who is looking to rent a place. Yeah. And, and, and so as you're, and this is the one thing that I really like about your business as well, is that um, like we've had actually in our practice, Ample Media, we recently had somebody come to us and said, Hey, we, we think that the, the, the model for developing or for the existing marketplaces are broken within the rental uh, space. And mm-hmm. so they were looking to build a better rent faster, basically um, mm-hmm. something that uh, that was easier to navigate. And, and it had a few other features that the existing, cool. you know, rent faster competition doesn't have. Now, 
uh, one of the things that I was really challenging them on, and so they didn't end up proceeding with it, but was this whole idea of building both sides of the marketplace because they already are entrenched in the market. What I love about your business is that you're leveraging those existing marketplaces already to get the listings in front of the people because that's those are the places where you're promoting your yep. clients' properties. And so yep. you're not competing against them. You're not trying to pull that traffic away. You're actually going to harvest the traffic that they're already getting. And yep. so that's something that I think is just absolutely brilliant and something that should not be overlooked in terms of how successful your model is going to be compared to just trying to create another rent faster. Exactly. I agree 100%. Yeah. Another thing yeah. I was going to say there too, Lance, and that's a great point that you brought up. Um, another thing I was going to say is if a, if a tenant signs up to rent fund and they get verified through the platform, um, and let's say that they can't find the property that they're looking for, what we do is we have two, two options for them at that stage. They can either tell us the exact type of property that they're looking for, and we have a customer service team that's going to go and find that property, that specific property they're looking for on other platforms, other marketplaces. We'll contact the landlord and say, hey, we have a tenant that's interested in renting a property like yours. If you'd be interested in coming and posting over our rent fund, we'll connect you with that tenant. Right. And they've already been verified yeah, with yeah. screen. And yeah. here's and, and we'll also say you'll be able to you'll be able to uh, automate your monthly payments. And here's how it works. And most of the time, landlords are like, cool. Sounds great. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How do you say no to that? Here's somebody coming to you with the tenant, right? Yes. And, and then also the, all these other benefits that are wrapped exactly. around the service. Yeah, well, that's, that's brilliant. I, I really love that approach. Yeah, that's the that's one way. And then the next way is tenants can actually take their verified profile and apply to properties using their profile on other platforms as well. So if I'm a tenant, okay. I have a verified account and I don't want to share my personal information with landlords, a random person who I don't know, I can use my verified rent fund account and it's basically like a link that says, hey, I would like to apply to your property using my verified rent fund account. Here's the link to my account. And a landlord can go there and they can see my rental history on there. Um, and then a landlord, if they if they think that this tenant's good, they can go and check out rent fund and then post their property. And then we connect them through that way as well. So there's that. Interesting. Those, would, those would be like the two options. Um, so, so in order for them to view that verified profile they'd have to create an account right because you guys are a closed garden exactly so when yeah. they go click on that link it says you'll have to creating an account um they don't have to be verified but they have to create an account to view it so creating an account means they just provide their email address and that's it so once they provide their yeah. email address that's a, they can create an account that way but they're not verified so they won't be able to post their listing or anything without being verified so they have to yeah. if they look at the tenant they're like oh this person looks like a good tenant then they would have to verify their account and then they could post their listing for that tenant to apply. And and so the, if they didn't want to post to your your platform, then after they've viewed it, I guess they could still uh, just proceed with, with you know, doing yeah. the, the deal on the side, just like they typically would through RentFast yeah. or any of the other ones. Um, but what that does is it's, it's again, it's that word of mouth kind of, right? So now you have your, the tenants who are sending the people with properties over to your platform. Once they're there, they're going to learn a little bit about your platform. And then obviously there's going to be some marketing follow-up or, or potentially anyway, uh, yeah. that would go to try to, uh, explain why it's so powerful and, and why they should be setting an account and using rent fund instead of uh, whatever yeah. their system using. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's, that's really, really smart. I think on, on both fronts. So, so good on you for, 
figuring that out. Now, the next question I have is you've, you've tackled those challenges and a whole pile of them as you're trying to figure out what this model was going to look like. What do you think is going to be the biggest challenge, the biggest hurdle that you're going to have to overcome in order to get to the next stage of your growth? So whatever that stage is, whether it's doubling or some sort of number of tenants or number of listings, whatever your next next growth target is, what do you have to overcome in order to achieve that, do you think? So we've been talking now for, I think, uh, how, how long have we been talking now on this recording? Oh, about uh, half an hour. So now, yeah, so a... now the listeners, the listeners probably have a good understanding of how RenFund is. The people that have been listening this long, and yeah. um, that's great. But how many people are going to see an advertisement and spend thirty minutes figuring out how how something works? Yeah, they're not going to do it. You got like two seconds to to six seconds to pull them in, <laughs> and then you got another exactly. maybe two minutes to really explain it to them and pull them in a little more to, to really simplify it. So. I think the, the answer to your question is really simplifying the product down to the core value of what it offers and yeah. then um, explaining that in a way that is so simple that someone in grade three could understand it. Yeah. That's, I think yeah. that's the key to success with what we're doing because through my beta and through the, through the advertising now, educating people, once people understand it and they talk to me on the phone or they talk to one of our customer service reps or they talk to someone else within RenFund on the phone about it. And they understand, once they understand it, they're like, wow, this is amazing. This is so cool. Where, where have you guys been? That's a lot of, that's usually what they say, but um, it's getting to the, them to the point to where they understand. And yeah. if we can shorten the amount of time for them to understand the product, we're going to have more success. So yeah. that's, that's the key for us, I think. Yeah. And I, I just want to expand upon that just a little bit, because that's really where our company got its start was actually helping businesses do exactly that. Try to uh, condense that all down into a one minute explainer video is where we really started uh, Ample Media. Mm -hmm. And and so the, the that's not the point I want to make, though. What I want to make is that no matter what stage you're at in the development of your company and the service offering that you have, and no matter how established you think you are in the marketplace, um, this actually is something that if you look at some of the biggest companies, the Fortune 500 companies out there, they're continually trying to refine that messaging to make it as digestible as possible uh, as so that people, as soon as they see it, they know they, they can understand really quickly the advantages and that product market fit. And so, yeah, again, uh, I, I just wanted to uh, emphasize how important that piece is. And I agree, like that's a really great great step for you guys to be or next step for you guys to be focusing on um, because yeah. it's all about trying to remove as many barriers as possible to customer acquisition and one of the the first barriers is uh, really doing a good job of of explaining what it is that you are so they understand the product market fit because we spend so much time and energy and resources as businesses to get ourselves in front of our ideal customer profile, right? Whoever that avatar is, mm -hmm. whether that's advertising, whether that's, uh, you know, unpaid forms like social media and so on, or even word of mouth. When somebody comes and lands on your landing page or your website, if they don't understand it right away, you have 
have such little time to capture their attention and really get them to to yeah. commit or to convert to give to set up the profile in this case right and sure. so yeah. uh yeah that's where you're going to get a huge return on your investment for sure i agree i agree and yeah. that's where i spend a majority of my time is on messaging to be honest with you a majority of yeah. my time i find i think messaging is is goes back to being art too i think it's it's something that uh I don't think sure there's is, really yeah. a formula for it. I think you have to kind of understand the problem, understand your customers, and and it's kind of an art to really figure all that out. So yeah, I, I, and I, I don't. Know. I, I'm just going to show you a book. I don't know if you've read this or not. Yes. Building a Story yeah. Brand. Great. Yeah. So this is a really good uh, book. It explains the importance of that. The the way the story is woven so that the messaging can be heard basically because uh, we're preconditioned to receive information and retain it um, through different ways of storytelling. And so if we can build yes. our brand story properly, uh, that's half the battle. Yeah. Yeah. And really I, you cool. went on our website when we first got on the call here, Lance, and you were like, yeah, I don't like our current website. I kind of slapped that up quickly and uh, we're currently redoing our website. We should be launching that within a day or so honestly it's actually should be done by tomorrow morning hopefully oh, exciting and, um, that'll have a lot of newer messaging so uh, maybe if you want to or your listeners want to go check out the, the new website i think that that will be a, a totally different look and feel and ex explaining how rent fund works in a way quicker and shorter way than the current website how it currently is yeah. Well, by the time this gets released, our viewers would not have seen the old one. So rentfund.ca, you're going to be able to see the current at that time messaging, which I'm sure is going to continue to evolve because yeah. I think you're a tinkerer by the sounds of things as well. So yeah. um, <laughs> if, if somebody wanted to reach out to you because they listen to this episode and they're either looking to rent or they're looking to, uh, you know, they have a property that they're looking for tenants for what would be the best way for them to connect with you? Is it just to go over to rentfund.ca? Yeah, they can, they can uh, email me. Uh, my email is just Thomas, T-H-O-M-A-S, and then at rentfund.ca. Or they can connect with me on LinkedIn or any social media platform. I'm on all the social media platforms, so they can connect with me on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, so TikTok, you got the TikTok now. So YouTube. So if they want to connect with me on any of those platforms, I'm pretty active on on social. So you guys can, uh, can connect me through there for sure. Okay, really cool. Well, thanks a lot for coming by and talking to us a little bit about your business and your journey. Uh, we didn't get to get into all of the backstory elements of your entrepreneurial journey, but it's just so exciting to see somebody innovating in a space that a lot of people would be would not think that there's any room for innovation within. But this mm -hmm. is a totally different way of approaching that whole rental marketplace. And, mm -hmm. uh, and I just love it. I love every aspect of what you're doing. And so I wish you all the best and, and uh, the most successes that, that you can find here as you continue to evolve that messaging and continue to grow your your user base. Yeah. So uh, for those of you who are listening today, if you like this episode, you want to check out their archives so you can listen to other entrepreneur stories, head over to amplifyyourbusiness.ca. That's where you're going to find them all. And of course, if you prefer just listening to the audio, we're on all the major podcasting platforms out there. Just search Amplify Your Business. And you're going to find us there as well. Until next time, everybody have a prosperous day. 